Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. Um, my music's a little wonky today, along with my brain. <laughs> I'm just warning you. <laughs> That's what's going on. Again, this is the Woman Inspired Podcast. I am so glad you joined me. Um, all right, whatever part of the world you're in, or whatever vehicle, office, garden, walking track you might be on, if you're not following this podcast and you just happened upon it, I'd appreciate it if you would just click the follow in whatever app you're turning uh, or turning, tuning in through right now. <laughs> oh boy. All right. It could be one of those podcasts. So just bear with me. <laughs> you can follow this podcast through Edify, uh, which is an awesome program, awesome app for podcasts. You can find thousands of other wonderful Christian inspiring podcasts on Edify, and especially under the Spark Media Collective umbrella. You can also find the Woman Inspired Podcast on Apple, Google, Audible, iHeart, Podbean, a whole bunch of others. Just Google me. And if you're not sure if that will work for you, <laughs> if you're not a good Googler like I am, I must say, um, if you're not a good Googler, you can always go to womaninspired.com. And uh, there's some links there for you. All right. So the title of today's episode is Gone in 60 Minutes. Only it's really Gone in 60 Minutes with a question mark. Yeah. I threw out all journalistic rules and supposed parameters out the window and just included a question mark in my title. So there you go, college classes. All right. So we start off <laughs> our podcasts after a little bit of this and that with uh, a pod quote or two. And I have some of those quotes for you right now. You ready? The biggest threat to the body of Christ today is fans of church who call themselves Christians but aren't interested in following Christ. They want to be close enough to Jesus to get all the benefits, but not so close that it requires anything from them. That's great. That's a long quote. You probably won't remember it, especially if you're not writing it down, but I'm going to say it again. You can always come back and listen a second time. Ready? The biggest threat to the body of Christ today is fans of church who call themselves Christians but aren't interested in following Christ. They want to be close enough to Jesus to get all the benefits, but not so close, close that it requires anything from them. All right. I have no idea who said that. I just found it. I tried to research it. Nada. Now I have another quote, and I don't really know if Johnny Carson is the originator of this. It's kind of serious, but I did he hear him, and I saw it in a, in a video one time of Johnny Carson saying this. He said, for every minute you waste your time, you have lost 60 full seconds of your life to do something valuable. Ouch, right? That's heavy. All right, so I was thinking the other day about, you know, how long is the average typical television show? You know, your old-fashioned TV drama, which there's a lot of dramas out there now. But 60 minutes is what I would say. Of course, that includes commercials, especially now, because there's more and more and more commercials in everything. But let's be honest, how many people actually watch commercials anymore? I definitely don't. I, I do know some people who watch commercials and really like them, and, and, and not just at Super Bowl time. I mean, at other times, too. I'm not one of those people. I'll record something and start watching it on the DVR 20 minutes after it starts, just so I can stay in DVR mode <laughs> and fast forward through all the commercials. No joke. That's how much I dislike commercials. Most of them, 
either disgust me or make me want to turn my head or roll my eyes or get me nauseous or make me angry. And on top of that, who wants to hear all the side effects that an over-the-counter or prescription medication might cause you anyhow, right? Because isn't that what most of the commercials seem to be anymore? I mean, really, my friends, the disclaimers are longer than the actual marketing portion of the commercials. This drug, while intended to relieve constipation, may cause one or more of the following side effects or complications. Constipation, diarrhea, vomiting, hunger pains, a sense of fullness, a sense of emptiness, menstrual cramps, weight gain, weight loss, loss of hair, loss of sex drive, inability to see colors, problems processing foreign language, a heightened sense of awareness, inho incoherent speech, flexible tendons, static clinging. If any of these symptoms appear, do not discontinue taking this medication without first consulting your physician. <clears throat> now they say I'm much faster than that, so you really have no idea what they say. But really, if I start growing fuzz on my ankles and I get spots on my tongue, all while being able to suddenly jump like Tigger, I'm stopping that medication. I don't care whether I've talked to a doctor or not. <laughs> I mean, common sense here. <laughs> anyway, so that's one of the reasons I skip commercials. But by the time I actually get my tushy cushy in a chair to watch something after getting some water or maybe a snack, I've still put in a good hour's worth of time into watching a typical TV drama. 60 minutes. Not the news program. Just 60 minutes two half-hour segments or four 15-minute increments in a chair, brain tuned into some story about something whimsical or lyrical or ridiculous, hopefully, or maybe a true story that moves me and makes me take pause, right? Uh, and what about a hair appointment? What does that have to do with TV? Well, usually they're playing something in the middle of a salon, I think, but uh, that's not my point. So do you go out and get your hair cut? Some people would have thought I was crazy to ask that question a few years ago, but post-COVID, not such a crazy question, right? Most people have discovered the magical money-saving ability to be able to cut their own hair or cut someone else's for them. Granted, most of us didn't look as great during COVID lockdowns as we do now, but who cared, right? <laughs> Nonetheless, y y if you go to a barber or a hair salon, it will likely take you a good hour or more to be in and out. And on a side note, I actually do cut my own hair. I have for the past 12 years. And no, don't send me suggestions on hairstyles and hair salons, please. I'm good. All right. And back to the 60 minutes. You know what else takes an hour? Making a batch of cookies. Between mixing time and dropping all the cookies out on cookie sheets and baking them, slapping somebody's wrist away from trying to eat them before you're all done, it could take a good hour, maybe more. And don't forget waiting in line at a restaurant. I know some people who will wait in line for 45 minutes or longer just to get a seat in a restaurant they really want to eat at. Now, I've done that, though not often, but a few times, mainly because I was with other people who were bound and determined to eat in a particular restaurant. But I was right there with them. I didn't say no. And, and today, I spent a little over two and a half hours in my garden pulling weeds cleaning things up, adding dirt, trimming tomato plants, fertilizing, all that good stuff. Stuff that I love and enjoy. The joys and the necessities of being an avid gardener, right? But let's say it actually just took me two whole 60-minute rounds. I, I was a good girl today and took a break in between to sit on the porch swing and listen to the sounds of nature. Uh, all right, so what's my point? My point is this. What have you done this week or even today? 
that has taken up an hour of your time. 60 minutes. Name one thing. Or two things. Now name a few things that have taken up an hour of your time in the last month that weren't necessities. But you did them anyhow. For yourself or someone else. Either for pure enjoyment or relaxation, craziness, silliness, or, or even drudgery. I mean... You very well may be one of those people who gets easily sidetracked and an hour of your time is taken up with something else. Like when you see a piece of paper on the floor in the kitchen or the refrigerator and when you bend down to pick it up, you unfortunately turn your head and notice how disgusting the lint and dirt buildup is underneath the edge of the refrigerator. So you can't stand it. You can't just leave it knowing it's all there, dirty, linty, lingering stuff under the fridge. So then you spend an hour cleaning the lint tray, filters, and the whole underside of the fridge, right? No? Sure? Maybe it's just me. Okay, never mind. But you're welcome to those of you who now feel propelled to go into your kitchen and look under your refrigerator. I feel your pain. <laughs> so, again, what's my point? I could say the point is that every minute counts. Or to quote a social media post that must have gone around the meme maze a million times in the past 10 years. Don't count every hour in the day. Make every hour count. And while that's true, <coughs> I could almost feel myself start to get a little nauseous when I said that. Because even though I'm a sentimental person, there are some things that are just so overdone and I get tired of hearing them, right? That, that saying is one of them. And, oh, there's also another saying. I'm just going to put this out there. Here's the saying. Some people are put in your life for a season, some for a reason, and some for a lifetime. Yes, I am sure that is true. Uh, some people act like that as a gospel quote, though, and even though it's sweet and mushy with tinges of truth, no, stop saying it. it's overdone, and it's not from the Bible. I actually heard somebody quote it as if it's from the Bible. It is one of those sayings like, cleanliness is next to godliness, that is not in the Bible. Uh, and I feel like it's not a full quote anyhow. I mean, it doesn't have a as much reality to it as I would like. So it, it would be more appropriate if it was something like some people are put in your life for a season or a reason or a lifetime or just to annoy you and test you. <laughs> okay, I'm in a mood. Can you tell? <laughs> All right, I have something in my heart and I really want to share it. So let's get on with it, Karen. All right, so well on the subject, those quotes and those memes and those social media posts that you see over and over again, even though there's new ones in there all the time, there's still old ones that keep coming back up. And these TikTok videos, they can easily suck 60 minutes of your time and are part of the point of this particular podcast. Think about it a minute. I mean, you could be on looking at one thing and it leads to another and to another and to another. Now, I'm not on TikTok, but TikTok videos are everywhere. You can see them reposted on every kind of social media and they can go from one thing why do you think they call it TikTok? by the way that just hit me because a clock goes tick tock tick tock because it's sucking every minute of your day right it's what it's trying to do i think that's what it was designed for i think whoever designed it went mm -hmm, tick tock tick tock not because it's supposed to be a minute or less but because all those minutes add up so what is the point <laughs> well it th these things kind of hit me because recently I was complaining, something I strive hard not to do. I do not like people who complain all the time. I mean, I might like them and I might love them, but I don't like that behavior. 
So here I was doing it, complaining that I have so much to do and not enough time to do it. I have such a long list of to do's all the time, especially the last year, year and a half. Yet I feel like I get less and less done. Are you in that same make a list, check it twice, pass out because it's so long and it seems to get longer every day category like I am? I thought, I, I bet you think I was going to quote a, a song about Santa Claus checking a list. Um, I, I didn't, did I? Ha. All right. So no, I'm just quoting myself and the relentlessly long truth of the fact that I might get more done in a day if I didn't have to take so long making the list of things I have to do to get done in a day. If I didn't have to check things off all the time and look at a list so much, I might actually have more time for things, including re recording more podcasts. Because it seems as time goes by, I become slower and less capable of completing a full daily list of to-dos. It's like I get more and more sidetracked because there's so much more in the world that wants to grab our attention. It's as if those increments of 15, 20, and 60 minute time frames are shorter in length, and yet I know that they're not. We still mark time the same way we did a year ago, don't we? If somewhere I missed the memo on changing how long a minute actually is, someone please forward it to me because I totally didn't see it. It must have gone to my spam folder. I, I try hard to take to heart what my grandmother told me once too. She said, God forbid you get to the point that you never have a to-do list. It means you've become either obsolete, incapable, or you're held captive somewhere. <laughs> and she was right. So I work hard to be thankful that I am able to mark things off a to-do list and that I am blessed to be able to lament over my blessings. I mean, after all, many of the things on my to-do list are responsibilities. And with a blessed life, a life that has a home, a family, a job, a ministry, a garden, people that I love, comes responsibility. And I'm also blessed because I am, I've not been kidnapped. I'm not being held captive by anyone. So I caught myself the other day telling someone, though, that I didn't have time earlier in the week for quiet time. A time that I relish, a time that helps me charge and recharge to refocus and stay balanced. It's a time for me to connect with God and I read scripture, I pray, I worship, I listen. And so as these words came out of my mouth, oh, I had such a busy week that it, I didn't even have time for a quiet time. I had to stop mid-sentence. I heard those words coming out of my mouth and I just stood there a second. I'm sure I looked ridiculous standing there with my mouth open mid-sentence. My grandma would have told me to close my mouth before a fly swoops in and uses my tonsils as a punching bag. <laughs> ah, grandma wisdom. Um... <laughs> I love her. I'm she's really on my mind today, as you can tell. Um, and, but it wasn't that I was set on lying to this person or trying to make myself sound so great because, oh, after all, I'm so important and busy that I don't even have time for God, right? Uh, I, I never said that. But looking back on it and reflecting on it, I could see how if all of that came out of my mouth, it could be taken that way that, oh, I'm too busy to even have time for God. FYI, that's not a great way to toot your own horn if you're thinking it might be that you're so busy that you don't even have time for God. But I did, I paused because what I said or was getting ready to fully say wasn't true. I felt as if I was too busy all week long to take time for God. You know, more than the just a quick, hi God, how are you doing? Help me kind of prayer. Because um, I do those frequently throughout the day. I also 
take time for those kind of quick so-and-so needs you lord or to cover somebody else in prayer throughout the day because i used to be bad about telling someone i'd pray for them and then not doing it or just plain forgetting about it so now the past several years when someone asks me to pray for them or i tell someone i'll pray for them i almost immediately stop in that very moment or after i'm done talking to them and pray then when I do that, not only have I just prayed for that person, like I promised, or for that situation, but then I'm also far more likely to remember to pray for them again and again throughout the day, because I've spoken it already. If I can hear myself do it, um, or I can write it down immediately, I'm much more likely to remember it because that's the way my brain works. So I don't know how exactly the numbers, but I'd say I do that sort of thing probably 100 times a week. Um, so I'm constantly talking to God on and off throughout the week. And I take the time to do that because it matters to me. Because I did feel convicted years ago to pray for others and not be remiss in doing so, especially when I said that I would. So I do that. But this whole statement of saying I had been too busy to have some concentrated, meaningful, m more than a minute one-on-one -on -one time with God, it, it wasn't accurate at all. That's where, again, I had to stop myself. I wanted to be precise. I wanted to be correct and truthful with myself and with them. And I said to her, you know what? I didn't take the time for quiet time this week. And that might be why I feel even more off kilter than I usually do. And she laughed. She got it because she's been there. A lot of us have haven't we? I mean, we've gotten ourselves so caught up in the, the to-do or the must-do, the feel-we-have-tos, and, and even just want to the want-to lists that we make throughout our week it, that we forgo some of the most important things, not just to God, but to us. And I'd gotten that way. I, I've gotten that way on and off for many, many years, like a lot of us have, um, but a lot the last few months. So I was speaking truth. I was so busy that I didn't feel I had time to spend one-on-one -on -one time with God in some prayer and meditation. And if I did have time, I was too worn out to make it meaningful. So I didn't do it. So that's how I was feeling. But those were just feelings. Those were my emotions over the kind of week I'd been having because it had been a difficult week and I was stressed. So I got up in the morning, I'd hit the ground running. I stayed super busy all day long, most of it my own doing. And then I'd worked till past dinner time. I'd get exhausted. Uh, then when my husband went to bed, I'd get up and do more. And then I'd want to veg out in front of the TV for an hour while I fell asleep. And then I was rolling myself into bed and then rolling myself out of bed the next morning, doing it all over again it can become a really bad cycle. Because you see, it wasn't that I didn't have time for God. It wasn't that I was too busy uh, with all the important things in life. It was that I made myself too, I made myself too busy I, I, with things that weren't even as important. Definitely not as important as God. So instead of pouring myself out to God for 60 minutes every day or even once or twice a week, I made myself too busy. I could have easily taken 60 minutes with God just as easily as I did vegging out in front of the TV to watch a one hour TV drama show or just as easily as I could have listening to one of my favorite podcasts or as easily as I could have cleaned out underneath the fridge 
right? Or gone to get my car washed or read a fiction book I like for, for an hour. All those things have varying degrees of value in my life. They do. I, I value those things. I value a good TV show. I, I value playing cards with my husband. You know, I value reading a book. Um, there's no doubt that they do, but there is no way, no how they have more value in my life than time that's well spent with God. Time well spent talking to him, worshiping him, listening to him. Uh, definitely. And yet, <laughs> well, I know I'm not the only one. My simple human mind tends to forget. I can get so busy with the to-do, or sometimes I call it the to-duh, <laughs> or the too dumb list. <laughs> so many things that I tack on my list of must do's are, are not a must. And I feel dumb about it later. Yet I feel compelled to do them, right? If I put it on my list, I feel compelled to do it. So be it habit or societal expectation, family expectation, various things. I mean, I guess it's good to feed my husband, but really do I have to? Do I have to cook dinner? <laughs> no. Just, ha, <laughs> just kidding. Number, I make it a priority to cook dinner because, number one, I love to cook. And number two, I love my husband. But there are many things we do that I think most of us are unaware how much time we spend doing. So I researched it. <laughs> All right. So according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, who apparently spends loads of our taxpayer money dollars, tax taxpayer dollars tracking us in every which way from here to Sunday, um, there are lots of things we spend more time on uh, than I think we do, and maybe less depending on who you are. And you too can find the same useless yet interesting information online um, at the Bureau of Labor Statistics website. And I'm going to shorten that because I'm having a hard time saying it from Bureau of Labor Statistics to Bulabsa. <laughs> so... Okay, Bulabsa. Um, according to Bulabsa, the average adult in the United States spends, ready, eight hours and 48 minutes sleeping every day. And I said, what? I don't think so <laughs> because I am totally below average and I'm not the only one. I know of no woman, literally no one, and I've met a lot of women speaking across the country and leading retreats. I know no woman that regularly gets eight hours and 48 minutes of sleep a day. Just saying, bulabsas lysas. <laughs> I don't think they're accurate. I don't know who they're polling. I have no idea. Okay, but according to them, um, the average U.S. citizen spends 47 minutes a day doing personal care activities. And again, what? Because I spend way less time than that. Maybe I should spend more time than that. I don't know, doing makeup and hair. But I think that is also age-dependent and whether or not you have kids, um, what you have to dress like to work, those sort of things. All right, 33 minutes a day on housework. At first, I was like, that's not near enough. But it really depends on what your lifestyle is like. And if you add that up throughout a week, I can kind of see that. It just depends. All right, managing the household. Eight minutes a day folks. That is less than an hour a week managing a household. I call Bulabsa crazy because I'm not sure about you, but whoa, no way, <laughs> especially when my kids were little. 
if I had to sync schedules, get them ready to go places, go to appointments, fill out paperwork, do the bills, all the things that I would consider under household management, there's no way it's just eight minutes a day. So you think we spend even more time a day doing that. Other, this is labeled other household activities, 20 minutes a day. Now, I have no idea what they consider other household activities. I can only fathom they meant sex. All right, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, moving on. All right, so watching television, two hours, 46 minutes a day. Wow. Now, I think it's totally possible that there are people that spend almost three hours a day watching television and maybe longer. For, for others like me, it's far less than that. So it just depends on your lifestyle. But these are just examples of how caught up we can be in, in the daily minutes of just living our lives, just walking out our lives in the things that we get used to and where we might place our priorities. I'm, I'm not here to convict you of what you spend your time doing and don't do. And I'm not here to judge you or say this is correct or not correct. But what I'm saying is, is we need to be thinking about it. We need to be thoughtful about it. We need to be intentional about it. Because it's completely up to you and between you and God. So what I'm saying is that that time is far more precious than we think it is. If you look around today and you see how fast the world is changing, that it's becoming more chaotic, more dangerous, more dirty, more degraded, and far less peaceful, then we have to remember that every minute counts. So think about it. That every minute counts, what are you doing with your minutes? Are you spending them wisely? Are you getting enough rest? Are you having enough time with God? Are you reading your Bible enough? Are you having enough time with your family and friends? Are you making your family and your friends and your friends that you consider family uh, uh, time? Are you making time for them? Uh, do you have enough time that you're spending learning and growing and increasing yourself spiritually? Do you spend enough time laughing? I can tell you right now for myself, the last year and a half, I have not. I'm working on that, by the way. All right, so one of the churches... <laughs> that I wanted to share you this with you. One of the churches that I was on staff at for a few years had a motto for the staff. I would have called it a mantra, um, but that's not Christian-like. So I would just say they called it a motto. Now, it was a congregational-imposed motto, not a staff-chosen, biblically-guided motto, mind you. It was, ready for it? Every minute counts. Yeah, that was the motto but not used in the way I just relayed to you. It wasn't meant in the terms of, hey, God's given you a certain amount of time on this earth and he wants you to use it wisely, meaningfully, um, lovingly, doing the right thing, getting closer to him, loving your family. No, it wasn't meant in that way. It was meant in a, we think Sunday services should only be 60 minutes and so don't you dare go over that 60 minute mark or we're going to give you hell over it way. Yeah, so they wanted <laughs> to remind us that every minute counted. And don't you dare use more minutes from your congregation on a Sunday than we want you to. So the man who was our lead pastor at the time, someone who did not like me, by the way, he called me a heretic because I was a female in ministry and he didn't like that. Um, and he didn't like that the church had hired me as the youth pastor to lead female and male students. <clears throat> yes, that happens. 
a lot. Just putting that out there. Anyhow, this particular pastor was so concerned every week about getting things done at that 60-minute mark that he made sure we were done in 55 minutes every single week. I mean, you could count the clock on it, 55 minutes. Uh, having a staff meeting was like choreographing a play. Set, mark, stage left, get in, get out, say your lines, wham, bam, thank you, church fam, over and out. I mean, this is what it was like uh, having him as a pastor. It didn't matter if the message was there. It didn't matter if the Holy Spirit was ushered in or if people needed to to pray <laughs> at the end of a service. In fact, a lot of times he never did an altar call. I found it very disturbing. I did not like it. So no matter what happened, no, I mean, what mattered to him, uh, it, no matter what happened in the church service, there was no lengthening the church service. Because what mattered to certain people, and then, of course, to him, w was the amount of minutes that we spent doing what apparently had to be done to check off the I went to church on Sunday box on their to-do list and getting it done in that 60 minutes or less. Thankfully, that pastor left the church within the first few months I was there, and we had an amazing older interim pastor that came in. And he mentored me, and he just exuded the love of Jesus. And he didn't care what the clock said or what the people who stuck the clock on the podium <laughs> said. In fact, he ripped that Velcro little clock right off the podium the first <laughs> week he was there. It was awesome. So I asked you today, what are you allowing to pass you by in 60 minutes, in 60 seconds? A minute of quiet, a minute of prayer, a minute of of hugging a loved one or a friend or checking on someone what escapes you what eludes you or gets away from you in the blink of an eye in that 60 seconds what haven't you heard from God are you are you not listening to him you're not taking the time what is gone in 60 seconds of your time that you cannot get back what is gone in 60 minutes what can be accomplished for your spirit your heart your mind your health your relationship with God in 60 seconds and in 60 minutes. And in 60 minutes, what can you do that you aren't doing now? In Psalm 90 verse 12, there's a plea to God that says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It's saying, hey God, show us how to make sure we count these days so that we don't misuse them, so that we don't take them for granted, because each day is numbered. We only have a certain amount. Each day is made up of minutes, not just 60, but 24 60-minute segments. That's 1,440 minutes a day. How about you? How about, m how about me? How about all of us? Make sure that we don't look back and regret what we missed, what we threw away, what we, what we didn't take to God, what we didn't gain, how we weren't obedient, or how we squandered the minutes not seeking God or loving him or gaining wisdom along the way. Because think about it. I, I'd like you to think about it. Pray about it. Do something about it. I know that I will. In fact, I, I already am, and I have been personally convicted about it, and I really wanted to share that message with you because I don't want to miss out what could be gone in 60 seconds or what could be gone in 60 minutes because I wasn't paying attention to where God was leading me and what he was speaking to my heart. 
So I thank you so much for tuning into the Woman Inspired Podcast. I hope that this podcast has inspired you, blessed you, make you laugh, make you smile, a whole bunch of different things. Um, and so don't forget to share this podcast with someone else. You can like and follow me also on Instagram. Just search for One Woman Inspired. That's the number one followed by Woman Inspired. Or you can hop out to womaninspired.com and see the different ways you can connect with me as well as uh, book me for a speaking engagement because that would be great and I would love to be able to meet you. All right. Thank you so much and have a blessed day.